Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm is the real deal when it comes to home and car insurance. State Farm agents are always ready to help you personalize your insurance plan so you can create a policy that fits your needs. You can manage your coverage, pay your bill, or even file a claim right from your phone with the State Farm mobile app. And you can always call one of the State Farm agents in neighborhoods across the country. Get a great rate without sacrificing great service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The most haunted house in America. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. Spend some time in San Diego, California. I moved from New York to San Diego before I moved to Los Angeles. I lived there for four years, 2002 to 2006. Went there once when my friend, I feel like everyone had like a friend that lives in in San Diego for a second and you go to visit and you're like, oh, what a beach town. It's like a California starter yeah, it is. Town. It's like J- JV Los Angeles. Yeah. Kind of thing. You get but San Diego's great. I, have I, a couple I, fish tacos. I love it. Old yeah, town. It's very fun. Uh, very historic. Next to Mexico. Exactly. And very historic in that we're going to be talking about the Whaley House. And it was constructed in 1857 by businessman Thomas Whaley. It's a pretty nondescript two-story brick house. Had a lot of uses. Granary, community theater, courthouse, and crime scene. It is, according to Life Magazine and the Travel Channel's America's Most Haunted, the most haunted house in America. Are you ready? I lived in San Diego for four years, and I don't know. (laughs) Now, depending on where you tell me it is, I don't know if I've been there. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I I hate when I've been somewhere and I'm like, oh, at the time, I just wasn't seeking that out. Yeah. But uh, I'm curious to, a lot of listeners have said, hey, have you talked about or discussed? I think we were always like, well, we've been planning on going to San Diego to do comedy or something like that. And that never happened, so we never did it. But I think Mm -hmm. now is, uh, we're not going to San Diego anytime soon. No, we're not leaving the premises anytime (laughs) soon. So So we're going to take our minds and hearts there uh, to the Whaley And souls, and souls. Souls, your soul. Uh, My soul is going to stay here and watch some TV. Okay, Watch some HBO Go. Maybe, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, so a little bit about Thomas Whaley to start off. He was a New Yorker. He was the seventh of 10 children born on October 5th, 1823. He was a pretty upper middle class kid with a very illustrious family history. The Whaley family immigrated to Plymouth, Massachusetts in 1722. His great grandfather, Alexander, was a gunsmith who participated in the Boston Tea Party and the Revolutionary War. Alexander was pretty much a hero when he provided flintlock muskets for soldiers and let General George Washington just stay at his house whenever he wanted. So, pretty important person. Thomas's father, Thomas Whaley Sr., carried on the family gun biz and fought in the War of 1812. Thomas decided to break with the family trajectory, seduced by the West's promise of gold and fortune, and left for California in 1849. Fast forward a couple years, Whaley didn't find gold and ended up working retail up in San Francisco. <laughs> With his pedigree, I'm sure that felt very glamorous. Whaley had a pretty successful career starting his own store in Northern California, though, but then it burned down and he was looking for another new start. In 1851, Whaley was advised to go to San Diego, where he thought he'd have more success. There, he opened a store called Tienda California. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Whaley was so committed to the store's success that he studied Spanish so he could sell goods to the Kumiye, a local native people who weren't being served by the businesses there at the time. Whaley went back to New York for a minute, a New York minute, sorry, to marry Anna Eloise Delaunay in 1853. 
I couldn't find out much about her except that she was 21 and very French. When the couple got back to San Diego, they were involved in a couple smaller businesses, but most notable was the purchase of the Whaley House in September 1855. Now, the house, or more like the lot, was all, was already famous because in 1852, it had been the site where Yankee Jim Robinson, a famous Wild West bandit, was convicted of attempted grand larceny. He tried to steal a boat. There's a lot of different stories around that. And it was hanged in the gallows in the lot on a wagon. Whaley was actually there to witness the hanging, and that did not dissuade him from buying the property. No, it did not. With bricks made in his own backyard, Whaley built and designed a granary meant to hold 300,000 to 400,000 pounds of grain and had an adjoining Greek Revival-style brick residence attached to it. And on August 22nd, 1857, the Whaley's moved on in. Whaley boasted, My new house, when completed, will be the handsomest, most comfortable, and convenient place in town within 150 miles of here. And it probably was pretty roomy, very convenient, handsome. You got it. Thomas and Anna started building their family and had six kids. The oldest, Francis, who was named after one of Whaley's old business partners. Thomas, who died of scarlet fever when he was one and a half. Anna, Amelia, George, the very sensitive Violet. This will factor in later, I promise. And little baby Corinne. After one of the other stores burned down, which again is a theme that is not quite addressed, but seems curious to me. And then Thomas Jr. died. The Whaley's did another short stint in San Francisco, but came back to San Diego on December 12th, 1968. When they were gone, the Whaley House was home to San Diego's first commercial theater led by Thomas Tanner. The Tanner play troupe converted the upstairs family bedroom into a 150-seat theater, but the troupe quickly disbanded after Tanner died just 17 days after the theater opened the business. Fitting 150 people into a master bedroom, that is commitment to the craft. I have a little news break. Oh, yeah? I just looked to see where it was. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, God. Whoa. That was a curtain that I taped up to make sure that sound didn't get in my face. And it just fell when it I was about to talk about my truth <gasps> about the Whaley House. What? Let's, Spill it. Let's fix it. And then- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we did not put that. You hear that in here? No curtains will ever go up in this house. Yeah, the ghosts will not <laughs> let it. But I have been to the Whaley House. Oh, you have? It's where I thought it was, in, in Old Town, uh-huh. San Diego. I know because it's right near the Old Town Mexican Cafe, which is a great place <laughs> to eat, and it's been on a lot of like cooking shows, and oh. it's really good, authentic I like that. Mexican food, and it's in an area that it's like the mission area, mm-hmm. and it's just one of the earliest settled parts of San Diego, and the Whaley House is there. Mm-hmm. I don't recall, I probably, when I was there, I was like, oh, this is cool and historic, but I, I didn't really take in any... Uh, you know, the haunted parts of it as mm-hmm. if, you know, if we went down now or you know, yeah, something like that. Yeah, we'd be all over it. Yeah, you just didn't know. You were young. So I was there and it's been following me this whole time up until we did this episode and made mm-hmm. the curtain fall. Mm-hmm. Then you have been there or around there. there. You've been at least eating a burrito next door. And that's Most, all we that, can really ask for. And that's the most important part. That's, <laughs> that's a takeaway really, from this. That's good. If you, yeah, if you learn anything, it's that Jason was eating carbs. He was eating, yeah. <laughs> next door. Anyway, so it was a theater company for a little while, for 17 days, excuse me. And then it went on to serve as the county courthouse, leased by the city for $65 a month. Then it was a general store. Fast forward to 14 years later, when on January 5th, 1882, Anna, then 24, and Violet, 20, had a joint wedding, which is very adorable and very common at the time. Anna, less adorably, married her first cousin, John T. Whaley, which was pretty uneventful. Aside from the whole first cousin thing. Violet wasn't as lucky. She married a con artist named George T. Bertolacci. 
Two weeks after their marriage, Violet was on their honeymoon to discover Bertolacci had disappeared. Apparently, he had only married her for the dowry that he presumed to get, and Violet was left completely humiliated. It was not cool at the time for a young Victorian rich girl to be divorced, travel alone, unchaperoned, and be jilted even after her wedding in a very proper marriage context. Violet was shunned by San Diego's high society, which led to some pretty intense depression and humiliation, something she never really recovered from, even after seeing many doctors who tried to help her out with her mental health, which is honestly like good job at the time. But the divorce had just too much trauma for her. On August 18th, 1885, the 22-year-old Violet, staying at the Whaley house, her roommate was her young sister, Corinne. She shot herself in the chest with her dad's pistol while the whole family was in the house and died. She also left a suicide note, which read, Mad from life's history, swift to death's mystery, glad to be hurled anywhere, anywhere out of this world. The suicide note is a passage from The Bridge of Sighs, a poem by Thomas Hood, which is about suicide of a young homeless woman who hated living so much she threw herself off the Waterloo Bridge in London. So pretty on the nose, I would say. Got the message. The message pretty clear, pretty straightforward, very sad. Like after the death of Thomas Jr., Thomas Sr. got the rest of the family out of the house and moved the family across town at 933 State Street in downtown San Diego. Have you eaten a burrito next to that place? Probably. It's San Diego. There's a lot of burritos. <laughs> the youngest Whaley, Corinne, was engaged at the time of Violet's death, but the, her fiancé broke off the engagement because of how scandalous it was at the time. This left the Whaley house vacant, which it would stay for another 20 years. So let's take less than 20 years for a short break now. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't want to do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell Technologies solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash Tech. We're back. We're back. How are you? How are you doing? Are, How are you, you well? feeling? How's your pain level? How's your pain tolerance? How? Yeah, we just... Have you been outside? Have you been outside? Uh, we just want to make sure you're doing okay. I know it's, you know, kind of weird right now. It's tough, but it's also very weird. It's very traumatic. And uh, you can always reach out to us. Yeah. If you have, uh, just want to chat, just want to, you know, want to talk shop yeah you know, we've been sending out little care I didn't packages say talk shit no nope. you want to talk shit you no. want to talk shop i want to talk shop i'll yeah. talk shit though yeah. i'll talk shit all day so uh if you want to talk shit you know what direction me. you go to or talk shop you come in, in this direction you got <laughs> options with us we and have so many fortune fish left so if you want a little package a little nod a little thank you we are happy to send it we're happy to send it out and you we're making it seem like it's for your benefit, but it's more for ours because we get very lonely. No, we <laughs> so get it's, so lonely. It's very little selfish of us that we want to have someone to chat with. Also, uh, for full disclosure, our Patreon, we've taken uh, some of the money and we've donated it to COVID-19 charities. We used Charity Tracker and found the best rated ones that no one could you know, be like, I don't think this is good. You know, so I don't. Yeah, we want to make sure the money is going to the right place. It's to masks. Uh, vaccine research, all the stuff. No stopping in the middle for a six course prefix. Yeah, you know and we obviously matched all that with our with our own. So if you were looking for some good karma, you got it. 
automatically. Yeah. I don't know if you were looking for it, but you just happen to get some. You're beautiful. Your bank account's going up. Your skin's clearing up. Your ex misses you terribly. And then next month we will do the same thing and we pick some different charities. Yeah. And, if you and, have any suggestions too. Yes. If you have suggestions of charities that will you know benefit either you know locally or regionally or worldwide, uh, we just want to kind of put back uh, into it because we're just very thankful to get to to get to do this. Also, you know, it's the things that we don't always think about, although I'm sure plenty of people do, is people dealing with addiction. Yeah. Right now, under these circumstances, got to make it more difficult. And we've oh all had God, people in our imagine. lives that have dealt with addiction mm-hmm. and we're on personal, yeah. uh, personal things. And I, I, it's got to be really hard. But our friend uh, Jay Schiffman has a podcast called Choose Your Struggle, and it's mm-hmm. about addiction. He's a mental health and addiction speaker. He's a writer, consultant, coach. He's an advocate and he's a cool dude. Something yeah, you need something to so listen great. to. We're not listen. We you know, we don't listen to us, but also it's like yeah. This this is, seems very important, and like this guy has an actual skill set. Yeah, so, unlike us, yeah. <laughs> no skills. But if you go to jshiffman.com, j a y s h i f m a n dot com, check out Choose Your Struggle, and you know. Or, you know, just, you know, just to be more empathetic to hear about, you know, dealing with people that you love and around you that have addiction issues. I'm going to read a rate and review from Apple Podcasts. So if you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts, it's super helpful to us. This one's from Fairweather, uh, Fairweather Feather. I was a Fairweather friend because. I would have gotten the name wrong. Yeah. Fairweather Feather. Mm -hmm. Not just another true crime cast. There are a lot of podcasts, but none that have the banter between these two in addition to the crime bites everyone craves nowadays. Thank yeah, you. So leave, leave one them. if you want to. And yeah. uh, now I know we've kind of brought it down a little, but let's bring it back up mm-hmm. with some hauntings and suicides and murders. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to take it up. <laughs> and, burritos, and burritos. And burritos. Okay. Do not forget. So back to Thomas Whaley. He retired in 1888 and died at his State Street residence in 1890. In 1909, Francis Whaley decided to make the house a pet project of his and restored it pretty decently, making it into a tourist attraction. In fact, he restored it so well that it became such a cool tourist attraction that his big sister, Anna, Thomas's widow, Francis, George, and Corinne, who was a quiet librarian at the time who carried a gun wherever she went, Decided to just all move back in. Um, happily? Hard to say. Couldn't find anything about it. Anna died in the house in 1913. Francis died the year after. Corinne lived there until she died in 1953. Left under the youngest Whaley child's watch, the house became dilapidated again. But Corinne Whaley was not alone. Not in the most haunted house in America. In fact, the house was originally said to be haunted when the Whaley family themselves moved in. They told the San Diego Union that they heard heavy footsteps in the house, which they thought was the ghost of Yankee Jim Robinson hanging there years before. According to WhaleyHouse.org, a visitor to the museum back in 1962 mentioned that the ghost of Yankee Jim drove her family from their visit there more than 60 years earlier. Her mother was unnerved by the phantom walking noise and the strange way the windows unlatched and flew up. You're really getting your money's worth if you're going to tour a haunted house and all this stuff happens. As the Whaley family passed on one by one, they also just seemed to stay. Thomas Whaley is a popular sighting in the house, especially on the upper landing and especially by children. The museum's former curator, June Redding, said, We had a little girl, perhaps five or six years old, who waved to a man she said was standing in the parlor. We couldn't see him. But often children's sensitivity is greater than adults. 
Anna Whaley can be seen in the downstairs rooms or in the garden. In 1964, Mrs. Whaley's floating, drifting spirit appeared to television personality Regis Philbin. Heard of him? All of a sudden, I noticed something on the wall. Philbin reported, there was something filmy white. It looked like an apparition of some kind. I got so excited, I couldn't restrain myself. I flipped on the flashlight and nothing was there but a portrait of Anna Whaley, the long-dead mistress of the house. So if Regis Philbin says something is haunted, I mean, are you going to believe him? I am. Some people hear 18-month-old son Thomas Jr. screaming or laughing throughout the house. Little baby ghost. Then there's sad Violet Whaley, who lingers morosely on the second floor where she almost exclusively hung out during the last year of her life. Then there's some non-whaleys too, just to like throw them in the mix. A small dark woman with a full calico or gingham skirt reaching to the floor and gold hoop earrings. There's a little long-haired girl ghost who's seen around who's rumored to be one of the whaley's children's friends who accidentally broke her neck on a low-hanging clothesline in the backyard, which again, it is not, it's, it's a story. No real evidence of that. Maybe just made up by a docent there, hard to say. There's even, though, a small spotted ghost seen in the house that is the shape of a dog that may be Whaley's terrier named Dolly Varden. Full name for a terrier. First and last. If you don't believe me, I've got some TripAdvisor reviews that might corroborate the fact that this house is incredibly haunted. This one's from Awesome Docents. Ghost drove me out. As a preteen, I read Hans Holzer's account of this investigation of the Whaley House with his psychic medium, Sybil Leak. This was 30 years ago, and I had forgotten about it until I was out in San Diego in business and came across the Whaley House during a trolley tour. I couldn't remember much about the history of the house, but decided it would be fun to take the tour. The docents were absolutely amazing. They shared so much history on the house, including the recent discovery of journals written by one of the family's daughters. Interesting. Without their insights, it would have just been a regular old house tour, but they brought it to life. I walked around the house hoping to have some sort of ghostly experience, but felt nothing until I went into the bedroom at the top of the stairs on the second floor, the one containing two beds. Don't get confused with the one across with one bed. I didn't know anything about the room other than the information provided in the literature with some basic information about some of the items in the room. The moment I took the corner to go into that room, I had an enormous feeling of despair and panic. It was so terrifying I had to leave. As I was walking out the front door of the house, I told one of the docents what happened to me and asked about the history of that particular room. He explained that the Whaley's daughter, Violet, who attempted to kill herself in July 1885, did kill herself, was confined to that room under suicide watch during the exact time 134 years ago. So he said it made sense and I would have those feelings in those room. I went next door to the building where I purchased the admission ticket and spoke to another docent there who confirmed that many people felt the same way in that room, including herself, and that although she wouldn't say it publicly since I brought it up, she agreed that Violet is in that room. How about this one? If you want to photograph ghostly beings, this is the place to be. I have recently come to the San Diego area on business for several months, and since I enjoy the paranormal, I chose to check out the Whaley House. Since my first visit on April 13th, 2012, which happened to also be Friday the 13th, I cannot seem to get enough. I have a Fuji digital camera, and the photos I've gotten from my visits have been everything from comical to downright frightening. I take multiple photos in each of the rooms and then of the outside windows. Many of my photos are posted on the Whaley House Facebook page for everyone to enjoy. Some of the photos of the ghosts include the Whaley's, Native Americans, caricatures, animals, cartoon characters, demonic figures, the undead, and a couple of what appear to be things from another world, for lack of a better term. I've seen things in my photos that are a bit troubling and others that send chills down my spine as I'm scanning the photos for images. I've also experienced sensations inside the house, such as deep pressure in my chest while standing in the doorway of the master bedroom, a choking sensation in several areas of the house, 
cold spots and the hair on the back of my neck and arms standing on end while in the kitchen area. On the outside of the house, I've had the window in my viewfinder start moving in a circle when I was holding the camera perfectly still and then was overcome with a strong sense of nausea. There's no doubt in my mind that there's a lot of paranormal activity in that house. It does take being perceptive of what you're sensing to realize when you come across something. To truly improve your chances of capturing something in photos, take lots of them, download them on your computer, and look closely because these guys do love to cheese for the camera, and many times you will see them looking right back at you. All right, we got one last one, Ghostbusters. One of the most haunted homes in the U.S. Go here in October at night if you love ghost stuff. For a small building in today's standards, it is packed with stories. It is a great history and scared the poop out of Regis Feldman. If you're in Old Town, this is one of the highlights of the area. It is authentic and not fake. There is paranormal activity within those walls. Regis Feldman? I love Regis Feldman. <laughs> He's my favorite. He's my Corey favorite. Feldman's uh Exactly. It's just a, it's a merge of the the guy went on to talk about the burritos next door. Just kidding. Thank you, Whaleyhouse.org, ghostsandgravestones.com, NBC San Diego, and TripAdvisor. You know what I want to do? I want to take our three mayors, three ghost town mayors, oh. Barrett Brown, Brandon Gaddis, and uh-huh. Chris Witt, oh. and have them stay in the house overnight. And and we gamble on which on one lot. is the, which one is the, the <laughs> most scared. And we make we get make money on that. We profit off. We profit off, off of that. them. Yeah. yeah. There's a cam in there. They're like our our ghosty cam girls. Yeah. Yeah. Great. You guys up for it? Yeah. No. Oh well. <laughs> We all love a good ghost story, but have you ever wondered how it came to be? Have you ever wanted to dig deeper into the true history of your favorite stories of the macabre? How about whether or not it really went down that way? Join us bi-weekly on Ghoulish Tendencies podcast, where we, two paranormal investigators, delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of murder, ghosts, legends, and lore, with a healthy dose of debunking. I'm Gabby, the resident molder. And I'm Kim, the resident scully. And we're your ghostesses of Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast, found wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay spooky!